without any further ado, I want to introduce our very special guest today. You know, when you have a special service, you, you usually make a list and see which one um, would fit that occasion. Uh, this is one of those moments we didn't need a list. It was a no-brainer who we were going to have to come. There was no other choice. There was no other one that we agreed with. Um, I, I've been in a relationship with Bishop Brian Green for probably close to 30 years. That's a long relationship. And in that relationship, I've, I've gotten to know this amazing man, his heart, his love for God, his love for his family, his love for Cambridge, his love for uh, the Word of God, his love for prayer. He's an amazing man of prayer. And uh, he is the lead pastor for the last 26 years of Pentecostal Tabernacle in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Um, they are a force to be reckoned with in Cambridge. You can't say that about a lot of churches and a lot of communities, that they're an actual force to be reckoned with. They are. Um, he is also a chaplain on the police department and, uh, and very influential mayor's office. And, and he'll, he'll tell some stories here in a few moments. Um, but he is also currently uh, the international bishop of the United Pentecostal Council of the Assemblies of God, uh, offering leadership to hit their churches around the United States and the Caribbean. Um, he has been married to his wife uh, 39 years. They have two rock star children, uh, young women, uh, Vanessa and Jessica, and, uh, and we praise God for them. And I tell you what, um, the, the relationship that we've shared, I've been honored to be his pastor almost 30 years. And uh, that relationship, the friendship that we share, um, and, and we're grateful that we can bring that kind of relationship to the platform today. Because, you know, out of that kind of relationship, out of that kind of love that we share each other, you're going to hear from heaven in a few moments. Uh, I get to hear this message twice, and uh, you're going to be shouting here in a few minutes. But could you please stand to your feet in honor? Oh, before we do, you can sit down. I forgot the most important introduction today. I want to introduce my mom. Mom, will you stand up, please? This is my amazing mom, Lydia Del Turco. You can stand for her if you want. Thank you. She's an amazing woman. She'll be 90 years young at the end of March. And her and I were reminiscing, knowing that my father is up in heaven, looking over the banister of heaven, uh, along with our my in-laws, along with Al and Emily and, and others. And uh, we're very grateful that they're cheering us on today. Cheering us on today. We're glad that you can enjoy it. Be with us, Mom. Thank you for being a part of this transition today. Again, now you can stand back up. And please welcome to the platform, Bishop Brian Green. Oh, well, God is good. You may be seated. It is good to be in the presence of the Lord. And as I said earlier, it's uh, good to be in a church where the anointing is. Um, we don't take it for granted. Uh, you, you, you know, there's some churches we go to, and my wife, we say, uh, B-Y-O-M, bring your own anointing, because <laughs> it is as dry as cracker juice. But this place, God is present. Amen. Amen. I'm giving honor, definitely, to the presence of God. Um, 
given honor to the founding pastors of this church, Jonathan and Linda Dachoka. Could we just stand and God bless you. Wow. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. Giving also uh, honor to, as, as I said earlier, uh, Mother Lydia Del Turco. Amen. <laughs> Giving honor to uh, Verna's sister, Lori Kakulis. Frank and Janet Misa, the original members of this church. And finally, uh, giving honor to the Reverend John Del Turco. Yes. Verner's parents, Albert and Emily Calabrese, who are among the cloud of witnesses. In Hebrews chapter 12, cheering us on because of what's going on today. We also give honor to um, Stephanie's parents, Albert and Ginny, Virginia. God bless your parents. Amen. For producing a saved girl. She came out of her mother's womb speaking in tongues. Hey, shut up. Somebody had to be saved in that marriage. Only kidding. <laughs> Only kidding. We're going to have some fun. We're going to have some fun. Uh, we, 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 we bless and give honor to uh, Laurieann and Jay. Uh, Jay and Laurieann. Obviously, their spouses, Alex and Dana. And the prize jewels of the Del Turco family. We bless and give honor to Isabella, Benjamin, JJ, better known as Jonathan III, Mia, and James. My people. God bless you for your gifting your parents to the body of Christ for over. 40 years, we, we bless you and honor you. You may say, well, why did you do all that? Because uh, trying to teach the next generation, millennials and Gen Zs, that you are to honor generations before you and you're to bless generations that are following you. It's very, very important in the eyes of God. So we praise God for his goodness. Uh, also have to um, praise God for my, my daughters who are here. I have uh, three of them. Uh, one is my adopted oldest daughter, <laughs> and then Deidre and my youngest daughter, Jessica. They're here uh, playing hooky from church. And my fine redhead. Lord have mercy. It is going to be a good night. <laughs> Lady Common, could you stand so they can see how 
Fire. <laughs> Joshua chapter 6, verse 15. I've got to get back in the spirit. <laughs> Much to do. Joshua chapter 6, verse 15 to 20. On the seventh day, they got up at daybreak and marched around the city seven times in the manner, in the same manner, except on that day, the last day, they circled the city seven times. The seventh time around, when the priests sounded the trumpet blast, Joshua commanded the army, shout, for the Lord has given you the city. The city and all that is in it are to be devoted to the Lord. Only Rahab the prostitute and all who are with her in her house shall be spared because she hid the spies when we sent them. Verse 20, when the trumpets sounded, the army shouted, and at the sound of the trumpets, when the men gave a loud shout, the walls collapsed, so everyone charged straight in, and they took the city. I want to speak to you on the subject, go get Rahab. Go get Rahab. Let's bow our heads. Father, I bow two prayers from the Apostle Paul, I pray that my speech and my preaching will not be with the enticing words of men's wisdom, but demonstration of spirit of power that our faith would not rest in the wisdom of man and certainly not in the wisdom of Brian Green, but in the power of God. I borrow his prayer in Ephesians chapter 1. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, would give unto all of us the spirit of wisdom, spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. Let the eyes of the understanding of our hearts be enlightened so that we would know what is the hope of your calling, what is the riches of the glory of your inheritance that you have in each and every one of us who are your saints. Help us to know the exceeding greatness of your power to those of us who believe it's the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. Amen. Uh, Joshua uh, is a Hebrew name and it's not only a Hebrew name, but the Greek name of the word Joshua is Jesus. And so though you read the scriptures in the New Testament where he is listed as Jesus, if you were in that culture at the time, they would be called him Joshua. Uh, Joshua is a Hebrew name that means Jehovah or Yahweh is salvation or the Lord is salvation. When we think of salvation, salvation can mean deliverance, uh, or as in to be set free. It means deliverance, as in the Lord delivers, sort of like Amazon, FedEx, <laughs> UPS. Amen. Praise God for Amazon. Uh, and then there is another deliverance, which you mothers have experienced in the hospital, called labor and delivery. And so when we think of uh, this man, Joshua, the Joshua who we celebrate today, uh, God is raising him up to, first of all, uh, set people free yes. from the bondage of sin. Right. Secondly, God wants to use you, Joshua, to help broken people give birth to their God-given purpose Amen. and their God-given destiny. And then thirdly, God delivers on his covenant promises. Amen. That's why it's called the promised land. And, and 
And so I, I need to pause here and, and say to you, Stephanie, um, the Lord is speaking to me about you, and uh, you may not know this, you may already notice that the name Stephanie uh, means crowned one. It is a Greek name, and crowns are for winners, and crowns are for queens and princesses. And God is going to use you to help the Rahabs Amen. sent to IFC yes. to win. Yes. Amen. They're going to come on losers, but they're going to leave winners. So this day is not about Josh only, but it's about you also. For you are not Verna Del Turco, you are Stephanie Roberts. The name Roberts, it means, the name Roberts, it means bright in counsel. And for the Lord will use you like the prophetess Huldah. For the word of the Lord will be found in your mouth. And not, word, not one word inspired by the Holy Spirit that comes through your mouth will fall to the ground. It is important for you to release the word of the Lord because there is a prophetic anointing on you. Now, for those of you who are Pentecostals, yea, I say unto you, Stephanie, my daughter, for thou art the crowned one. Okay. Anyways, get, get back to I am having too much fun up here. God delivers on his covenant promises, and it's very important for us to understand, that, especially you, Joshua, but you already know that. I'm just saying this for the public, that you are here because of the covenant promises, the, 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 the solid endowment that the Lord made to your mom, Louise, your dad, Ross, but also 40 years of prayers made on behalf of IFC, including the people who are now amongst the cloud of witnesses in Hebrews chapter 12. And just as the Lord was with Jonathan Del Turco, the Lord is also going to be with you. You need to understand, um, Ian Bounceman said, prayers have the ability to outlast the people who prayed them. And we all need to understand that we're not here because of our own prayers. The University of Harvard, our church is within the walking distance of Harvard. Harvard right now has, if they don't receive another penny, they have $53.5 billion in endowment. And you may be impressed with that, but how much of an endowment of prayers have been made in your life that the only reason you're here, because some of you had some near misses, the endowment of prayers, or as I preached one time, the prayers of the dead can keep the living alive. That's a, that's a bad word. Lord. 
So whenever people talk about our church, I understand. See, once you understand that the only reason why God is blessing you is not just because of your prayers, but our church is going to be 100 years old in five years. That, that is almost a centuries of prayers. During the pandemic, I am preaching. Oh, Lord, have mercy. During the pandemic, during the pandemic, we became debt-free. During the pandemic, we paid two 30-year two mortgages in eight years. Last, last, in, in December, we owed for our church. We thought we were going to be paying it for our eons. Last, in, in, in December, in the midst of a pandemic, we owed $722,000. And last week, we paid it off. We are debt-free. Don't tell me that that happened simply because I'm the pastor. Years in decades of prayer, that, oh my goodness, that picked up interest. Uh, tell somebody that even if you don't, even if you stop praying, you got enough prayers in your endowment to bless you for the rest of your life. But in the meantime, don't stop praying because you owe the next generation. Can I get some help in here? Woo! Can I get... Mm. And so... And so... Um, we, we, we understand that there are people who have prayed and set the platform. And that's why we have to honor people like uh, Mother Lydia. Uh, you know, you say, why do you call her Mother Lydia? Because she's my mom too. Mm -hmm. Once I met her, I claimed her. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So men, anyways, let me stop. You cannot talk about Jericho without talking about Rahab. And, and I remember uh, we, we, the pastor, uh, Jonathan, uh, holds this uh, annual pastor's retreat, which I hope uh, will never end. And, and I remember him saying at the retreat that he had a conversation with Joshua, uh, Josh, and he told Josh these words. He said, Josh, I get you. We all need friends who get us. We need people who will laugh at our jokes. We need people who were in a funky mood. They get us, uh, especially when you're married. You know, there's times when my wife and I would, would be driving uh, uh, down the street, and we look at the same thing, and we immediately laugh. Or, and, and we never said, hey, look at that. But there's something about when somebody just gets you, and you don't have to go through this explanation. Have you ever cracked a joke and then have to explain it? <laughs> And you know, as a comedian, you know, this timing is everything. And uh, you know, never mind, forget it. But when you have somebody who gets you, it's a powerful thing. And so I, I want to talk about Rahab. And I want to make three points about Rahab that, that God was telling Joshua needs to happen in, in Rahab's life. First of all, Rahab, I'm going to get you. Rahab... I get you, and Rahab, I've got you. 
And as the Rahabs come into IFC, God needs you to go get them. God needs you when they come here say, you know, I get you. And when they mess up, you say, I've got you. So when you look at the scriptures in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, he talks about, in the last verse, thereby three things, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. And so when you see a Rahab, here's a woman, she is, she is stuck in prostitution. Her name means spacious, her name means wide, and yet like a young man who prayed uh, centuries later, in First Chronicles chapter four, verse nine and ten, when his mom having such a difficult time, she names him Jabez, which means sorrowful, meaning I am sorry I had you. My life is full of sorrow, and he says, "Lord, bless me indeed." And he says, "Enlarge my territory." And so here's this woman who's stuck in the bondage of prostitution, and, and it's going to be there like that for the rest of her life. And yet every time somebody speaks to her, they're prophesying to her and say, good morning, spacious. Good morning, wide place. And, and she is hoping that somehow she doesn't have to live stuck in this life. And all of a sudden, God uses Joshua to send out two of his best men to spy out the land of Jericho. They spied the city for 40 years, risked their lives. These men have wives, they have children, and they come back with all of this information, all of this data, and they said, this is, this is all that we uh, found out about Jericho, and this is the best way to enter in. And, and, and God gives Joshua a strategy that basically has nothing to do with the information they brought in. And if I were these dudes, I would say, well, well, wait a minute. You're telling me that the instruction is that we walk around the wall seven times and shout and the walls will come down. Then why do you, we didn't need to risk our lives for that strategy? And I can imagine the Lord saying to Joshua, as Joshua's complaining, well, Joshua, if I told you to send out your best men, risk their lives to go get a prostitute, what do you think about that? And you might say, Bishop, well, why are you saying that? You see, sometimes, especially living in this area, the Northeast, I'll talk about our church, Cambridge, where we have to process. And sometimes we process ourselves out of the timing of God. If God would explain to them, by time he gave an explanation, they would have missed the timing of God. And, and, and God is looking for, I've been preaching this at my church, as you know, what's happening in this season is that because of the building the five, the changing everything to 5G, and the airports are like, hey, you know, we don't know, it's going to mess up our instruments. God is looking for a 5G church. Yeah. 
See, I have two phones here. This phone is 3G. It actually still works. And I could, and could you imagine me coming out with this phone and saying, ooh, this is cool, it even has a keyboard. Give this to your children. They'd be like, what, what is this? And then there's 5G. Now you say, what's the, what's the difference between you know, third generation and five generation? Well, the, this, the, the, the thing is this. Uh, it's about speed. What do you mean? This phone, while processing information that will get it through Genesis, by time this phone gets to Genesis, this phone gets through Revelations in the same amount of time. And what happens when, 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 when the processing takes too long? Lord have mercy. The screen starts to buffer. And you know what happens when you're trying to watch your favorite movie on Netflix or whatever, and, you, and it keeps buffering. You get upset and you say, let me go on to another website or another movie because I, didn't get, I don't get time for this. And sometimes God wants to do something in your life, but you keep buffering and processing and fasting eight days and getting 18 confirmation. God said, you know what? He doesn't say forget you, but he moves on. To somebody else, and then you get upset because they obeyed quickly and received the blessing of the Lord. What am I saying? The only reason you're in this church is because this man of God was a 5G man and he obeyed. God is not looking for you to understand, He's looking for you to obey. And he doesn't need to explain anything to you. Winchester Hospital ended up spending about Twelve million, about $10 million more for their property because they weren't quick enough. God told this man of God, this woman of God, buy that property in Winchester for $1.9 million because the blessing is not in the buying price, it's in the selling price. And he was talking to the people that were the board of trustees of the people in the that he sold it to, and if I remember the story correctly, they, they, they said, you know what, we wanted this property, but we had to go through all kind of stuff, and they were quick enough. And got them to buy their property for $11 million. Turn to somebody and say, if you obey, you can save yourself some money. Why you want to get a prostitute for? God's like, look, 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 look. There's something that's going to happen thousands of years later through this woman. So by the time I explain that to you, the anointing will leave. So just do what I say. Oh, yeah, this is where some of you, God is about to blow your mind. But he needs you to obey. Needs to hear those old time hymns, uh, Verna. Trust and obey. Oh, a lot of churchy people. Because there's no other way to be happy in than to trust and obey. That's the only prophetic word. I could sit down right now and you'll be blessed. Go get Rahab. And then God says, not only am I going to get you, but I got you. 
But here's the problem now. She's saved, but she's in a group of people that she's not familiar with. She's an outsider. She doesn't speak the language, sort of like when people come into this church, Joshua, and Josh, and they don't know churches. How you doing? I'm blessing highly favored. What, what, what does that? Okay. You have to build an altar in your house. Okay, do I get the matches and what, an altar? And she's with these people. Can you imagine? Your rescue, they said, they, you know, we went and get you, and now you're walking the streets of, you know, the Israel, well, and, and as you're walking the camp, rather, everybody's saying, hey, that's, that's Rahab the prostitute. And, and your identity is that you're a prostitute. But thank God, God raises up a guy named Solomon, whose name means garment. And he says, I'm not afraid of your past. I'm going to cover you so that no one notices who you used to be. I got you. And so, as Josh, could you come up here for a moment? Go on with your mafia self there. I see you, my like that. Now, now, I mean, he's looking clean. He's looking good. And, 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 and so, but what if Josh, instead of coming in with this nice, conservative black suit, he came in with this. Now, now some of you will be like, yeah, I see you, my brother. But, but some of you will be saying, well, I'm, are we calling a pastor or a, I won't say, begins with the same letter, but I'll just keep it. So what happens, watch this, is that automatically, just, just by removing this, all of a sudden you stop looking at Josh and you start looking at the jacket. And my point is, is that why Josh may be making mistakes at times and you know, struggling to navigate this massive ministry if you would pray for him and say, Lord, cover him with the blood of Jesus, you will see him through the blood instead of seeing him in his... Thank you very much, sir. See your children through the blood. See your spouse through the blood. See the boss that gets on your nerve through the blood. And it'll change your perspective. Mm. This is a place 
that one of the pillars of this church, and, and, and Pastor Vernon said, if I want, if I had to, if there's one thing I want this church to be known for, it is its generosity. And, and, and she said that because there's another thing that's so part of their DNA that they don't even think about it. Because the DNA of this church is not generosity. The DNA of this church is faith. That's in it. Like, like, you cannot lead and be in this church unless you're a person of faith. Because when they founded the church, it was first Faith Fellowship Church. Meaning that if you want faith, hang around and fellowship with us. So you have this guy, Solomon, Salmon, who says, I believe, even though people are calling you a prostitute, I believe that if, if, if you hang out with me and I hang out with you, there's a destiny that's far greater than anybody can see. Yeah. Amen. And next thing you know, you have this woman who becomes the great-great-grandmother of David. And because of this man, Solomon, exemplifying love for a woman who's an outsider, when they produce a child whose name means, Boaz means strength, Boaz now says, wow, I saw how my daddy treated my mother as an outsider. I think I'm going to marry this woman, Ruth, who up to her 10th generation, they said she couldn't be in the fellowship of the congregation of saints of God. But you know, if I cover her, her destiny will change. Who is the Lord asking you to cover? Who's the Lord asking you to cover? And then you have, I'm going to get you. I get you. And I got you. I'm going to get you. That's a hope that you have. I get you. I, 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 have, I've, I have a belief in you. And I've got you. There's, there's, there's a reckless love that you're going to experience in this place called IFC that you've never experienced anywhere else. This. If you notice in Matthew chapter 1, verse 5 and 6, Rahab, as I said, is the great-great-grandmother of King David. But I noticed that this is the only place in the scripture where she's not called a prostitute. That, that, that everywhere else, Rahab the prostitute, Rahab the prostitute. But yet when she's linked with the lineage of Christ, they dropped the prostitute, and she's just Rahab. Because in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, if any man or any woman are, is in Christ, they are a new creation. All things are passed away, and behold, all things have become new. But, but, so I said, okay, God, but why is it after Matthew that your, that your brother James calls her 
Rahab the prostitute, even though he's talking about her faith, why is the writer in the book of Hebrews chapter 11 in the hall of faith that she's, she's listed there as a prostitute? And the Lord said to me, because I want her, I want to remind people that though she is this stellar example of faith, I don't want her to forget where she came from. And sometimes God wants to remind us because he can so save us and so rescue us and so change us that we can look in the mirror and not even recognize ourselves or forget who we were. So every once in a while, God reminds us where he brought us from so that when people clap for us and people say, woo-hoo-hoo, we know who we are and we say, to God be the glory. Great things he have done. Yes, that's what I love about pastor is because though you have thousands of people coming here and though you have this multi, multi uh, uh, million dollar building, they still remember that little house on Broadway where they started from. They still remember the little room that they had for the office. They still remember that they were so broke they didn't even have a telephone line. But look what the Lord has done. I got you IFC! As the young people say, won't he do it? Woo! And there's more to come. And so, Josh, don't forget where the Lord take you from. Because I'm quite sure you have stories in your own life that you said, there's no reason why I should be here. But it's because 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 10, you're here by the grace of God. I want to share a story for you brief, with you briefly. I got five minutes here. And about four months ago, the Lord told me, go get Rahab. Cambridge. got a new interim uh, police commissioner, a black female. Cambridge has never hired a female to be the commissioner of the entire police, police department, 300 police officers. Never, never, ever hired anybody who was from Cambridge. It's always a nationwide search. And so, the police commissioner um, let, uh, suddenly uh, resigned to get a position at John Hopkins. And so they put this black woman into the position of interim and basically said, you will, you will be the police commissioner uh, for the next nine months. And so as of June 30th, 2022, you're out, and we're going to find somebody. You can apply, but your position is interim. So she started as interim in September, and as she's in that position, she is stressed out and fearful. And the Lord said, go to her office. I went to her office just to congratulate her. And she says, come in my office. And no lie, 
A prophetic anointing came upon me where I prophesied to her for two hours. She is crying, and then she looked like she saw a ghost. And she said, Bishop, God sent you here because all of the anxiety left me just like that. I led it to the Lord, and she is so, she's like the woman at the well. She is so shocked that the stress level, and any, if any of you ever been through stress and anxiety, you know that's, not, that's no joke. So she was so shocked that she said to me, can I, can I tell my executive administrator? Can I tell? I was like, well, yeah, go on. You could tell them. And I've been, so I've been praying for her once, once a month. And, she's, and I said, look, if God wants you to position in this position, it, it, it belongs to him. So just do what you're supposed to do. She texts me in December. And she says, the city manager wants to meet with me uh, in January. I said, oh, wow, wonderful. City manager meets with her and says, Christine, I've decided not to do a nationwide search. Now, you need to understand, in Cambridge, they, we, we will, because I've been through this process twice, we will get literally 300 resumes from a, around the country. They weed it down to five people, and then there's a three-day interview process with three different groups of people. He said, we're not doing a nationwide search. We're not doing any interviews. We're going to make you the commissioner of the police department. This has never been done before. We're giving you a three-year contract. Are you hearing me what God will do? And, 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 and they did it so fast that they didn't even announce to the police department. And as of last Monday, and I think they did this symbolically, on Martin Luther King's birthday, they announced her as the city commissioner of the police department. Oh, it gets better. I got 50 seconds to share this last thing. It gets better. So I usually meet with the, when me and three other, two other chaplains, we usually meet. And her replacement says, because they've been to our church quite a few times, the replacement says, um, I've, been, I've been a chaplain for eight years. Never happened. The replacement says, last week, okay, we're going to start our meeting. Uh, we're going to start it in prayer. I text the other pastor, I said, did, did, did she say prayer? And so I, I, meant, I went to her later, and I said, um, I said, uh, you started in prayer. And she said, yeah, I, I've had you as a good model. <laughs> and I was like, praise God, praise God. And, and finally, the rumor now in our church is don't go to Bishop Green's church because when you go there, you'll encounter the presence of God and you'll start crying. <laughs> Let that be this place. The world doesn't need another good speaker, good music, great fellowship. What they need to experience is the presence of God. Go get Rahab.